The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Swordfish. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Kerwin? I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? A little Stone Buena Visa. All right. Also with us is Muggs. What up, Mugga? What's going on? What are you drinking today? Uh, my usual Ultra. All right. And uh, making his debut on the podcast is Patrick. What's up, Patrick? What's going on? What are you drinking today? Drinking some Modelo. All right. Sounds good. So today we are talking about Swordfish, released June 8th, 2001. It stars John Travolta, Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry, Don Cheadle, Vinnie Jones, Sam Shepard, and Drea DiMatteo. It's directed by Dominic Cena and written by Skip Woods. It's produced by by Village Roadshow Pictures, Silver Pictures, and distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. So before we get into behind the scenes, Mugga hit us with the financials. So this came out in 2001. Um, very successful um, movie. It had a budget of $102 million, um, but it did exceed that. Uh, basically around 70 domestic and $77 million international. So around $147 million total. Um, so that's around a profit. It's a little over $40 million. Opening weekend, it came in at number one, just under $20 million. Um, um, there's some funny movies that were in theaters at the time. Um, the only opening movie it had to compete with was Evolution, but Pearl Harbor was still in theaters, um, Moulin Rouge, other stuff. But the reason why this is big, because it's in, in our group, it barely beat out a movie that had been in theaters for 27 days. None other than Shrek. <laughs> I'm like, wow, like, I cannot get rid of this ogre, man. He's always around. But uh, it came in at number one, um, did very well. And uh, um, yeah, successful movie. Um, we'll get into it. It did get a lot of exposure because of one thing, which is Halle Berry mm-hmm. and what she does in the movie, which we'll get into. But uh, but yeah, successful movie. And uh, yeah, that's the financials. All right, Jason, uh, what do the people think about this movie? So on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it an average score of 4.35 out of 10 with a 25% rating. 138 votes, 35 are rated fresh, 103 were rotten. We go to the audience, the average score was about 59% with an average rating of 3.42 out of 5. So 59% of the people gave it a 3.5 or higher. So a little bit better than the critics um, with 244,000 ratings. We look at IMDb, it was a 6.5 out of 10 with 173,000 reviews. I looked up the different demographics too and um, the only one that kind of stood out was the females under 18. So the average rating here was 6.5 out of 10, they gave it a seven, but there's only three votes. So out of 173,000 reviews, three people gave it a seven. Mm-hmm. So um, it didn't really skew the rating that much. Uh, and then when I looked at, just to go back to Rotten Tomatoes for a second, I always love looking at some of these reviews because uh, they're pretty hilarious sometimes. One of them is the story is just what fills in the gaps between slow motion fireballs, Matrix style frozen mayhem, and Halle Berry's notoriously undraped breasts. Um, a, fre- a fresh rating was cool explosions are the best thing here. And let me see, one more fresh one was good pacing and intriguing characters drive the overflowing testosterone blitz to an above average level of fun. So it was a mix of fresh and rotten ratings, but those are just some ones that stuck out to me. But those are the 
the ratings. Okay, cool. All right, Mugga, so uh, take us behind the scenes. Okay, so what you see on film was never written, actually, at first. It was a completely different movie. To even start Gabriel, which is John Travolta's character, and I'll get into the the casting in a bit. Um, he was actually originally supposed to be a mercenary that teens up with military people to take down corrupt politicians, which you kind of see that there is a corrupt politician that he works with. Um, the writer, Skip Woods, though, went in a different direction, which is what you see of him being a patriotic person taking down world terrorists, which I get, but do they really show that in the movie a lot? He talks about it on the bus at the very end, and I, I don't know. I just... I didn't, I didn't get why they were saying it that way, but uh, but that was what the original script was. They did change it. Um, getting into the ending, the ending that you see was never supposed to happen. I'm talking about the bus with the helicopter and all that. They were originally supposed to go to the airport and just basically have a shootout. The director thought that that was unlike Gabriel's character. He needed something, quote unquote, more intelligent. <laughs> and so that's what you see. They said, okay, what if a helicopter comes in, takes the bus, you have the whole misdirection thing that they talk about all movie. And then they said, oh, then a, then a cable line could get cut and all that and that's what you see which I kind of agree with I, I like that I would rather have that than an airport shootout like a wild wild west thing but uh, but another misdirection I, I never saw it and I would have I actually own this movie but I'm in the process of moving I think it's on the DVD extras but there's an alternate ending where instead of what you see where Halle Berry is draining an account overseas I don't know where they're at uh, she's in Monte Carlo but okay um, she goes out and the account's already been drained you see how um, uh, uh, Hugh Jackman's character Stanley at one point transfers the money but then untransfers it so they he kind of pulled another fast one because he's a hacker you know and it shows them not really upset, basically, um, Travolta's like, well, let's go, and they take off, and then it shows uh, Hugh Jackman's character, not only with a brand new RV with his daughter, but taking the money and donating it to charities, mm -hmm. which is interesting. I don't like that, I like the ending that they chose, because, I mean, is, and we'll get into it, is John Travolta's character like a good guy or a bad guy? I mean, you don't really know, I don't, I don't know, I kinda, I kinda like it. Wait, but. so you, you like the ending that we got? That we got, okay. as, as opposed to, at the very end, not having the money, I don't know, I just, I don't know. Okay. What do you guys think? I, I think I think the ending we got is satisfying. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do you like John Travolta's character, and do you think he's a good or a bad guy? I'm curious your thoughts on. I, I think. I mean, when you looked at, he's supposed to take down world terrorists and things that he's doing. I kind of like him. I mean, yeah. I don't. It's. I feel like this ending, everyone wins. Like he, Hugh Jackman is kind of free, but also has his daughter back. And he gets to go with Halle Berry to wherever with nine point five billion dollars and whatever he's going to do, you know. I, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I got out of the script. Um, and getting into the director, this guy has done a couple movies. Um, one particular that came out a year before is Gone in sixty seconds, mm. which the reason why I bring there's a lot of connections. One of them is Vinnie Jones. He's in that movie, but he also filmed a lot of the same scenes that they did in Gone in sixty seconds in the streets of L.A. are in this movie, which we'll kind of get into. Yeah, so. Um, but uh, getting into this, when he did it, he went after Travolta really hard. Six times Travolta turned down the role until Dominic could actually show him, hey, here's the direction I want to go. I want you to be this guy. And the opening scene, when he saw the director's like way of going, he's like, okay, I'm in. That's when he wanted to do it. So so I thought that was good. But I want to now transition to the, the casting because this is, this is where it gets fun. So John Travolta, like I said, he turned it down six times until he saw the director's take on it. Getting into Stanley um's character, which is Hugh Jackman, two guys were up for the part, John Cusack and Val Kilmer. Which I don't. I think Cusack could have pulled it off. I think he could. But the reason why he went with Hugh Jackman is because this is what the director said: he would not bring baggage from other films. Ouch. 
coach. Would those other guys bring baggage? Maybe Val Kilmer. Well, I've I've read and I've heard that Val Kilmer can be difficult on oh, set. Oh, got it. Yeah. But as far as like you said, John Cusack. Yeah. I've I've never heard anything about him being a bad guy. Except for what's that Danny Trejo saying? He's okay. Well, Danny okay. Trejo yeah. said he's the scariest guy. He's in Hollywood. the scariest guy in Hollywood. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guy on Desperado. All that said, John Cusack's the scariest guy in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Twenty Three said this. He said yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> so getting into it, his name is. Stanley Jobson, that is because they derived that from uh, Steve Jobs, hacker and all that. There's a lot of connections and all that stuff. Um, getting into, again, treasure, Halle Berry's ginger. Um, one girl was up for the part, I'm, I'm always, I'm always going to say names wrong, Bridget Moyahan, is that how you say her name? The girl that's on Monahan. the Monahan, okay. The recruit, she turned it down because she thought the nudity would be gratuitous. And the director said, hey, this is in the film, it has to be there. It's supposed to show a girl is totally in control in any environment element, and I think it had other meaning behind it, but hey, whatever. But um, she said that she was scared to death to do that scene. Um, she wanted to do it to get over her fear of um, of doing nude scenes in the future, which she ends up winning an Oscar in Monsters Ball, right. you know, that. Um, she actually gets a $2 million fee for doing the movie just to have her show this. They gave her an extra half a million, 500K. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, just to have that one scene. It got a lot of critic like negativity. They said it just felt pushed, and they kind of they kind of based the movie. Like I remember the buzz, like hey, Halle Berry's topless in this movie, and that's why a lot of people went to see it. <laughs> but uh, um, but uh, I mean, I don't. know. Do you guys feel like it's just inputted? Yeah, it's gratuitous. Like, I mean, it is right. Bridget had a point, right? Yeah, there's there's yeah. literally no reason for it to happen. They, no, they said so. it's supposed to show that she's in control and she's confident. I mean, and they also have another scene where she's quote unquote wearing the wire, right? Yeah. But they really show her revealing in that. You know, so it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but moving on, another treasure of mine, Don Cheadle. Um, I especially <laughs> love the the scene in the interrogation room where he kicks out the lawyer. Which <laughs> you way. I love that. But we'll get into that. Um, there was no one else up for the part. The director's like, I want him and didn't ask anyone else. Wow. And he was just thankful that Don Cheadle wanted in. Um, the senator, that's Sam Shepard. Nick Nolte was actually considered for this role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was interesting. Um, Vinnie Jones, again, the only connection is that he worked um, on Gone in 60 Seconds with the director as well. Uh, Dre D'Amato, Jason had to help me out. I could not understand where I saw this girl. That's the Jack Teller's um, first girlfriend in Sons of Anarchy. Wendy. Wendy, yeah. That's, I was like, why do I know this girl? She's in The Sopranos too, ain't she? Is she? I've, I, Jason and I tried to watch The Sopranos. We can't do it. Yeah, we got through <laughs> the first uh, season, if that. Um, I call quits. And so, <laughs> Kerwin, you named all those people. There's a, another former hacker prior to Hugh Jackman's character, the guy that gets killed. His name is Rudolph Martin. And in the movie, his name is called Axel Torvalds, I think is how you say it. And Torvalds. I don't, Torvalds, okay. The reason why I'm saying that is that that's based on an actual Finnish hacker, Linus Torvalds. <laughs> And they it did it, but the axle is from Axel Rose. <laughs> I'm like, why, dude? I don't get why they went in that direction. Doesn't look like him. No, I, I don't see him singing in the movie or anything. Know. Doesn't have a band um, on the side. <laughs> Just slide it in. You also have Holly, which is Cameron Grimes. Um, that was her first film debut. Um, she was also in Magic Mike. I wouldn't know. I've never seen that movie. Um, and she's done a lot of TV. And that's your cast. But I want to get into three main characters. Helga and her friends. Because I had to look these girls up, dude. So Helga's <laughs> name is Laura Lane. She's actually credited in 10 things, film and TV. But the only one that I've known or she's known for is Swordfish. Yeah. So she's uh, she's she's basically have this fame and that's about it. Her friends are Debbie Enton and Natalia Sokolva, I think is how you say her name. So Debbie is in 13 films. This one included, and one other one, I Know What You Did Last. 
Summer. No, winter. What? I think we have to watch it. <laughs> yes, that's what I was waiting for you to say. It. She's in a movie called I Know What You Did Last Winter. Oh my can we God. please watch this? Yes, we can. Um, the other girl, Natalia, she is actually Playboy's Playmate of the Month, April 99. All right. Yeah. Oh, wow. So um, that's the cast. Kerwin, I don't know if you've noticed, there is a huge Marvel connection to this whole cast. So you have Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, Halle Berry Storm, Vinny is the juggernaut on X-Men, Days of Future Past, Don Cheadle, War Machine. Jason, I haven't seen this movie, but Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, they said the guy, Zach, who is um, one of the, um, the the police guys at the very beginning, he's in that movie, I guess. Oh, wow. I, I don't, yeah, he's also in Fight Club. He's the boss in Fight Club. But Dre D'Amato, I guess, was in S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> Oh, I think wow. the only other guy is like basically besides Helga and her friends is uh, is uh, John Travolta. I think that's the only one that's not in like a Marvel situation. So. Can we can we get him to be a bad guy? Yeah. <laughs> can can yeah. we get him to be a bad guy in one of these movies? I'll get into some other stuff about John Travolta's character, but yeah, um, you got a cast, you got a script. Getting into the filming thing, I want to start off with the opening scene, which I don't know if you guys watched it. This came out in two thousand one, right? Is that what the year it came out? Mm-hmm. Um, after the first Matrix, Matrix had that panoramic. Right, right, right. This does it at the very beginning. So when you watch it, like I at the point was kind of sick of it until I did research though, like what it took to make this film. So they had 135 synchronized cameras. Um, according to IMDB, and I was reading this quote, it was one of the most complicated shots in Warner Brothers history. Now, I don't know if that was at the time or if it's still recent. And I know you're thinking like, how is it that they did not film that whole thing all at once? So what they would do from the HBO documentary, they would film the explosion with all the cameras and then they would also do another one with cars flipping and then people like rolling and all that and then they layered it all together right. to where the director at the very end, now, there is CGI in there. Like, obviously, they didn't blow up a person. There's the director and the producers at the very end. Yeah, thankfully. No one died in the movie. The director could not, because they had done so many takes, the director at the end was like, I don't even know what's real or fake. They did a good job of putting it together. So, I, I don't know. What do you guys, do you guys like the scene now? I mean, when I researched it, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of going to give it some credit now. I think, uh, I think it's a very ambitious shot for the yeah. time. Because when I watched it, I was like, this, here we go. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look awful but I know in 2001 it probably looked great and I think like you could easily make that shot now based on the technology we had but I think you wouldn't be able to do a lot of shots like that now if somebody hadn't tried it out first right like with that so yeah and I don't I don't I don't know I like the initial the first time we see it but yeah. then you know they kind of do they kind of Tarantino it you know and yeah. they go back yeah. uh, towards the end of the movie and they show it again like sped up yeah I don't just, know if I like that I don't, just if you're gonna Tarantino it, Tarantino it, right? Yeah, you know? and just show like the last yeah. car dropping on yeah. fire, and then show the little cylinder like the bearing rolling yeah. up, and then start from there. I don't know why they did that, but it's a cool scene for sure. What's the significance? I'm sorry, with the with the bearings. What was that about? It's supposed to be like a claymore. When the uh, C4 goes off, it causes the ball bearings to shoot off in different directions, and it's basically like gunfire added to the explosion. So it shoots off in all directions. So even if you don't get hit by the blast, you basically have bullets flying at you. So it's like a Claymore mine or or explosive. Let's get into the computer hacking. (laughs) So everything that you see on this movie, the computer hacking, was all a blank screen to the actors. So they literally had a blank screen <laughs> just hitting buttons. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it sounded and like, it seemed like, like acted, And then they actually put the visuals in afterwards, like that cube thing that you said. I, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, they're acting. They, they fooled me, but they're just hitting buttons think, in the blank screen. Dude. I would think you have to use a mouse every now and then. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> At some point, so, you know, it's just... Yeah. Can so, you imagine, like, losing your cursor on the shared screen? <laughs> You're like, what screen Wait, is it on? It's like, no, I, no matter, no wonder it took them so long to, like, to have the thing, man. It's like he couldn't find his his his, his cursor, and man. I I was watching um, this guy break down the scene of the six 
screens. And they were like, why do you need six screens? To, they, they, it was like, they said, it's just, you would need maybe two to yeah. you can have, but, but whatever. Um, I, I, can, I can do a, a split screen on my phone right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like the, the one where it's like the interview, like we're sitting down and he's with Helga or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like that looks intense, like what he's doing. But man, when you get to the multiple screens and the whole little montage Cube. thing yeah. of him, and I'm just like, I'm losing yeah. it. And now Jeez, that man. the screens are blank, I really don't know how I feel. So I, I just like imagine Hugh Jackman. Like, what do you want me to do? Just, just oh, and then he's drinking his wine. He's standing out of his chair. He's spinning uh, around. He's like, one, no, two, no, no. <laughs> Guys, tough. at tough. one point during that scene, he does the same dance that Tobey Maguire does in Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> there you go, Marvel connection, man. There it is. I wish they would have had someone filming them film him do this, oh. like with the blank screens and going nuts, no music going on. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. Like Hugh Jackman, we gotta, we gotta plug it in, man. Hold on. <laughs> For some of the locations, we know that it's in LA. Um, I was believed though they were shooting spots in Ventura, and the reason why is one of the facts that I found is that Ventura, other than like Hollywood, I think if you do something other than a set in Hollywood, you have to clean up and then start the next day. Ventura allowed them to leave it as is and then keep continuing. I think this is the scene that you see where Travolta's shooting at cars and all that, which I'm gonna get into his car in a second. But I think, Kerwin, would you, the opening scene, does that look like it's in Ventura too, or is that LA somewhere also? I'm not, I'm not sure where that yeah. is. But I know they filmed in Ventura, um, but getting into his car, his car is badass, right? So It's not needed. It was it's not. not. Well, it kind of was with the director, and I'll, I'll kind of get into that more. But this is in what's called an English-made TVR Tuscan. Tuscan. Yeah, and I guess it's very rare here, but they were able to import six of them for this movie from Europe. So you didn't like it, really? No, that's definitely a trash of mine. Wow. From a practicality standpoint, being who he is, yeah. um, knowing you may get into situations like where you have to evade people or you have to shoot people and you're probably gonna be the one doing the shooting and like say someone else is in the car and they need to drive the car. <laughs> Why have a right-hand drive manual car? Because Hugh Jackman gets in and he's like, you could probably drive a regular manual, but on the left hand, not the, you know Because the I mean? director wanted him, which a trash of mine is his, his line goatee, I hate that. Oh, I hate but he it. wanted him to be like this sharp, polished, European mystery man guy that you really don't know, everything clean, he has, he said attractive friends his entourage is attractive people and that's why they went with a car like that I guess is he's Mr. America too why does he not have like a Ford or something I don't, I don't know, know. You know what I'm so so yeah there's that but now we're gonna get into the main thing which is the flying bus um, <laughs> <laughs> parts of that are real and then obviously parts are CGI the real stuff that you see um, is a helicopter um, called an Ericsson S64F Skycrane I guess firefighting uses these all the time and they use them for like power lines installations and they said basically heavy lift products so it is able to carry a bus and all that stuff and it actually did um, they actually shut down parts of LA and they had like hundreds of PAs and numerous cops to help them out obviously you couldn't have anyone underneath and say anything went wrong um, but what they did was they did like an actual map um, virtually on the computer in a, in a hacking movie, right? And they <laughs> mapped out how they would do it or what they wanted to do. And if they did this, they wanted to have like angles where they could shoot it from on the roof, on the bottom. And so I, I thought that was really creative because they had to really do it. During this time, they said they were getting numerous calls of people complaining like there's a fucking bus outside <laughs> flying right now. Um, the part that you see though that's... Um, crashing into the building that obviously is done they created a little set and they created that mm -hmm. outdoor wall and they, they could get the shot of all that and everything right. which little random fact you know the girl that's looking and then drops the cup of coffee right before it slams into that this girl was just a PA and uh, the girl that was supposed to be in that part was stuck in traffic and so uh. she let, they said hey you're this girl and this little girl actually got to like be actually in the movie because of it that's it's nice. like right place that's, at the right time that's pretty cool. the only traffic yeah. um, but 
obviously the actors were not in this actual bus while it was flying around. So what they did was they took that bus or if a replica, I couldn't ever figure that out. And they went to a hangar out in LA and they set up a 270 um, degree blue screen and with that bus and then they put the actors in there and they could tilt it or do whatever they wanted. Do you remember the part where um, Vinnie Jones like falls out? Yeah. yeah. So right. he was going to do one of those takes where he falls through the bus or whatnot. And Hugh Jackman said, no, let the stuntman do it. The cable broke and that guy like broke his spine. The stuntman, oh. yeah. He fell like, what, 70 70 feet, feet or yeah. something like that, yeah. yeah. So I was just like, oh, that sucks, you know. But uh, but yeah, no, they filmed that, that scene out in the hangar and um, that's basically what I got as far as this, other than the houses. I wanted to bring this up to you guys. One of my treasures, I think Travolta's house is badass, overlooking the skyline. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that house is used in Entourage a lot. I think it's Jessica Alba's house. They have a bunch of parties there. But tell me I'm not wrong. The cops, when they're doing their surveillance on it, isn't it the house in Fast and Furious? I swear it is. Go back and look. It's got that round architecture room. And, this, and when he says it's Toretto, Brian, it's always has been. I think that's the <laughs> house. Yeah. Where the, I think I yeah. think it's like a production house or a movie studio's house. That they, I don't, I don't know. Wait, so they're they're in Echo Park? No, 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 no. It's um, when they're he make, he says a line like even the cops are Hollywood in Hollywood, and they have like it's like a house that Marilyn yeah. Monroe stayed at or something. They make some comments in Fast and Furious. This is the when they're across. in social, yes, surveilling. Oh, yeah. When they're surveilling, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They I'm have like pretty... the pool. They go out there and they're talking to Paul Walker, and this is the first movie, right? The right. first right. one, yeah. 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 Oh, I gotta watch it again. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm almost positive. If not, you know, yeah, the big um, cappuccinos, remember? Yeah, and little bridge over. It. I gotta watch it again. Okay. Yeah. Um, it got a lot of publicity because of one thing and one thing only, which we'll bring up. Holly Berry being topless. It was like well known, and so the reception was that people went to see it because of it. But the critics really did not. You know, I mean, we we already kind of went over that. But uh, but other than that, yeah, that was kind of the whole filming of it, and. Um, so other than the reception though, another thing that happened while this movie was in theaters, they um, they pulled this out of the theaters because of 9-11 and the terrorist attacks. I guess there was a building exploding when, when that bus does it and then they just thought, yeah, we can't have that on. So um, I didn't see this in the theater. I know we'll get to it, you know, but do you guys see it in the theater? Oh, we'll get to that experiences, but but uh, but yeah, other than that, I, I don't have anything else. That's, that's all I got for this movie. All right, let's move on to our experience. Uh, Jason, why don't you tell us your experience with uh, Swordfish? So I think I did see this in theaters. Did you? Okay. Yeah, I saw this in theaters. Um, I think it was one of those weekends with my dad, good old cinema star, out in Moval. But I think I wanted to go see this movie because I knew what was going on. Halle Berry yeah. in it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it was a big deal. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Hey, Dad, we should go see Sword. I heard it's a great movie. Like, we should go see this. John Travolta. It's like telling it's your good. parents you want to watch Wild Things. That's a great movie. You know, yeah. Face Off. Come on, man. It's a good movie. You know? A lot of family values in it. I know, I right? I think it's. We should, we should do this weekend. Well, and then like coming off Matrix and stuff like that, like you, you kind of had that feel a little bit. You know, John Travolta had like an edgier look. And you're like, okay, maybe it's worth watching. And then Hugh Jackman, because did did this come out before or after the first X Men? I think it after. came out after. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. even then you're like, oh, I want to go see Hugh Jackman do something else. Right. Yeah, because so, X-Men was in 2000, right? I think it was 2000. X-Men was 2000, this was 2001. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, nothing really special about it. Just went, you know, saw it in theaters. I've seen this movie probably, I don't know, 20 times. I yeah. mean, uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> I, mean I, I own it, yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's one of those movies when it comes on TBS, when I used to have TV, like I would just, I would watch it and finish it. it, Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my experience. All right. Uh, My experience with this movie, I thought I had seen this before um, for whatever reason. And then uh, as I was watching the movie, I told you uh, last night, Jason, I was like, I don't think I've ever watched this movie before up until the point where uh, John Travolta shoots the senator Mm -hmm. in the river. And I was like, okay, I've seen that. 
I've seen the bus part, but this is a uh, my first time watching this movie in its entirety. Oh, okay. So like Mugga, you know, you text the group, told us we got to watch this movie. Uh, watched it, you know, yesterday afternoon, and um, it's better than I assumed it was gonna be. So uh, that's that's pretty much my experience. Patrick, why don't you tell us your experience with this movie? I would say my experience is, is uh, similar to Jason's in that, like, it's one of those movies where you know my dad he'll watch a commercial and if you, if you get his oh. At, at like the bus scene, you see bus flying through the air and he sees it in, in the commercial, he's like, oh shit, we're gonna watch that movie. You know, so definitely that's why we went to go see the movie. So and you saw it in theaters? Yeah, we saw, yeah. It, we saw, it, we saw it in theaters. And uh, I mean, I didn't really see this, I, didn't, I knew that it was like, this is a knockoff of Matrix. Like you can hear the, the, the Matrix horns and, and that grainy video that it's the film that they use. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, like we know what we're trying to do. And then you see yeah. John Travolta, it's like, oh, okay, let's get, you know, uh, Vincent Vega in here with his, with his little <laughs> goatee, all right, cool, whatever. But um, I mean, it has its, its high points, its low points, but I mean, I just remember that was my, why I went to go see the movie. Then obviously you see on TNT, and uh, you, know, you kind of just change the channel or whatever. It's, uh, I'm not, it's not you know doesn't really draw me in as much. But, but it's, it's not movie. the it's not the same on TNT, is it? Yeah, you're not no, going to get, get the Helga that, scene or the Halle right. Berry. Do you get the Helga scene? I don't think you do. I don't think you do. Think you do. I don't, I don't think, think you do on TNT. It's like zoomed into uh, you know him really stressed out. You know. I don't know. It's probably just cut up to like just right. her, her neck <laughs> and her saying, head, yeah. and that's it. You know. It's like the bottom half of the screen is missing. It's all blacked out. Right. Why are we looking at his eyes? Yeah. He must be really stressed. Mugga, what's your experience? So I did not see this in theaters, but I do remember when I saw it, um, when it came out on DVD, uh, I was 18 at the time and my buddies had just gotten an apartment. So it's the first time, you know, your friends have their own place, you know, right, you, right. and we, we put this on and, and we wanted to watch it for one thing only, um, Halle Berry, you know, but I specifically <laughs> remember like everyone, I just want to meet Helga. That's what they all kept saying. <laughs> you know? it's like, I want to be a hacker. But, uh, I remember, and I and I, I I did watch it then. Um, for what it is now, I, I actually enjoy it. Um, and I'll get into all that in my trash or treasure. But I, I did not see it in theaters. But I remember, is at my friend Kevin's apartment when we watched it. Is it, it was a good time. But yeah, that was my experience. All right, cool. So let's move on to trash and treasure. Uh, Jason, why don't you kick it off and tell us your trash and treasure with Swordfish? So I'll start with my trash. Um, so kind of talked about this earlier um but Hugh Jackman just when he's acting building the Hydra or whatever that's called it's so bad yeah I, I just and now I, that was a Hydra blank one. screen <laughs> yeah and now knowing it's a blank screen holy hell um <laughs> it was just cringeworthy I was even watching I was re-watching it this morning too and I'm just like watching this part and I'm just like he's spinning around in the chair he's like one two three goes back and starts doing stuff he's like out of his chair his eyes are all like bug-eyed I'm just like what is going on um I'm just like dude you were just Wolverine what are you doing right now (laughs) um uh, another trash is some of the CGI hasn't aged well one of the worst ones after rewatching again this morning is probably the black helicopter at the end it just looks so fake when it blows up right yeah I'm just like when it takes off it just looks really bad I mean when it's sitting there it looks real but then once it starts to take off and it's like an aerial like bird's eye view shot and it just looks bad. Um, and then like even the, the rolling bearing, I don't know if I buy that a lot either, but I'm, I'm nitpicking. So when Halle Berry gets to the trailer initially to recruit Hugh Jackman, she throws like this little envelope folder thing, like a, an accordion thing, right. throws it and says, hey, here's a hundred grand. Well, he opens it up and it's clearly only $40,000. Oh, you candidate? <laughs> There's only four bundles and they're clearly marked $10,000. And I'm like, carry the two. That's not a hundred grand. And it's like, this thing's only so big. I'm like, you're not stuffing six other bundles in here. 
I was like, you just got ripped off, man. I was like, you can hack, but can you count? Because you got ripped off, man. I never even noticed that. Wow. Um, I, again, we talked about this earlier, but why does John Travolta drive a ridiculous car? I just think it's a cool car. I get it. But again, I was saying like he talks about, you know, America so much and what he's doing for the country. And it's like, okay, well, why don't you drive an American car? And then second, you know, he gets into that, that bind with uh, Hugh Jackman where it's like, you know, he's trying to make him drive this car that's, you know, foreign to, you know, people in America. We don't have a lot of right-hand drive cars. And so I just feel like from a practicality standpoint, he knows he's going to get into some, some craziness. Like he needs to have a car that, you know, anyone could drive, you know, like whatever. Um, Travolta's hair. Not a fan. Oh, his whole style. Yeah. Vincent Vega, man. Yeah. It's Vincent Vega, but at least Vincent Vega looked cool, man. He had the, you know, the white shirt, the black tie, the black <laughs> tied up. Um, but this, I just, I, I can't buy it even yeah. to this day. Again, we talked about the setup when he's building the Hydra, when he's overacting. I, I think that's so obnoxious. And then one thing that, I don't know if you guys will agree with this, but I feel like his kid, Holly, like they dress her up interestingly. If you look at what she, like her glasses look kind of funky. She has this bandana on and then she has like this feathery red vest and like all the other kids that are walking by her like are almost in uniform type clothes and she's just like out of control. I don't know. It just kind of really her, stood out. They gave her every kid's 90s fashion option. Yeah. 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 There it is. There it is. And they put them all on her. Yeah. And I'm just like, you're checking a lot of boxes with that. Poor kid. That, that's, that's my trash. Um, treasure. I'll leave it at Halle Berry for sure. Um, and then when she first shows up at the trailer too, not a bad scene. I think Travolta's monologue in the very beginning, very cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think that's a badass scene. Um, I do like the Matrix style scene. Like I said, the initial one, I think they do a great job. I'm surprised that they had to cut it up because it looks pretty seamless. They did a great job with yeah. 135 cameras. I know, Muggs, you didn't really like this, but I like the different tones. I don't the, in the movie. What like, did you call it, Kerwin? It's they have that sepia bad boys. Oh, it's the the color grading. <laughs> no, no, yeah. you called it. You had a, you had a funny for bad boys too. That the very it's beginning. Like, it's like dookie. Yeah, yellow. I, they have that. <laughs> then you see the major screen. I feel like sometimes at night you have like a bluish in the car. I, I, you liked the. I liked it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, I thought the score was pretty good. It's a little cheesy some points, but I thought it fit the movie. I liked the best scene. I think the way they shoot yeah. that it looks real like and it obviously yeah. it kind of was yeah so I, I liked that um, I thought Don Cheadle did a great job in oh, this yeah. too I think he was a great pick um, and then I'll just end it here I think uh, the, it always makes me laugh I guess it's a treasure the chase scene at the ex-wife's house at Wendy's <gasps> house when you, they start running and then they run down this like hill. never ending freaking hill and are fine like I don't know if I I like it, but it makes me laugh. I'm just like, this is ridiculous. You've seen Hot Rod, right? Yeah. No. You remember when he falls down the hill? Oh yeah, it's just it's like <laughs> that's that's what that's exactly what it reminded me of. And I'm like, what? Like where? Like we were talking about it when we were watching. Like where's this hill at? Like <laughs> this never-ending hill. I was like, but it made me laugh. So I was like, oh, that's a treasure. But uh, that's my trash and treasure. All right, cool. Uh, my trash and treasure. Um, I'm gonna start with the trash. Uh, John Travolta's facial hair. It's like. Bro, how you got a landing strip on your chin? Like, I call it a, a line goatee. I don't know. What else to call I, it. I don't know, man. Um, I, I wasn't a fan of the uh, of the color grading. I think I think it's a little overdone and oversaturated in a lot of places. But I, I did get used to it after a while. But like maybe the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, I'm like, Jesus, yo, like this movie is so fucking yellow, like yellow green. <laughs> Like everything, everything looks like it's just been peed on. Like, like they, it's, it's like it's like they let they let R. Kelly into the editing bit. Like Ouch. it's it's pretty bad. Jesus <laughs> and then um, he had it coming. And then um, 
one thing I want to ask is like, who picks up the, all the golf balls that Hugh Jackman is hitting <laughs> at his mobile home? Because he has like thousands of balls out there, and I'm just like, this has got to suck for you, man. Yeah. Like having to having to walk out there every day. Um, you know, this movie is so early 2000s. Everything about it is 2000s, like overdone color grading, hair gel, Nokia cell phones, awful tattoos. Like Hugh Jackman's tattoo on his shoulder, it looks like the the screensaver from like Windows 95, like the little lines that bounce everywhere. <laughs> That's literally what his tattoo is. You know, MTV haircuts, single strap backpacks, chewing gum, Heineken beer, <laughs> separated parents fighting for custody, fresh out of prison protagonists, bleached hair, hackers, floppy disks, floppy tits, you know, <laughs> topless, topless sports cars, topless women, you know, black suits and sunglasses, gratuitous sex, slow motion and techno, leather jackets and inexplicable indoor breezes that blow your jackets everywhere, airplane hangers, like everything about this movie just screams like late 90s, early 2000s. And then at one point, um, I believe, um, like uh, Stanley's wife, his ex-wife or whatever, says like, I'm gonna have these two like ball guys make a playground out of your ass. I didn't know that was a thing. That sounds painful. And yeah, no, I think it was like two right. bald Nazis. Yeah. Or, or, or no, uh, skinheads. Yeah. Skinheads. And I was like, well, I heard that today too. I was like, wow, we're yeah. getting pretty descriptive here. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just kind of like, I've never heard that before yeah. and it's just the most painful thing I've ever heard of. It's a, it's a good it, threat. It's yeah, a good it's threat. A, yeah, it's, you know, get that, that, uh, that insult poetry going. The fear in you. you know? Yeah. And then, um, like when Hugh, ja yeah, when Hugh Jackman's having his uh, audition, I guess, yeah. at the club, it's just like, he has a gun to his head and he's getting his dick sucked. Like most people would have you do one or the other to motivate you. You know, John Travolta's given him like the best of both worlds, I guess. Right. But it's just like, if you want something done, put a gun to his head. If you want to, you know, have him on your side, have him get his dick sucked. So it's just like you're sending like mixed messages here. Like, <laughs> like do you want him to you enjoy? Want to take his time. <laughs> yeah. Do you want him to enjoy working for you or hate working for you? So uh, I didn't understand that. And then also, <laughs> like, um, which is funny. Um, because from a narrative standpoint, you know, he has to do it in 60 seconds and all that other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. There is no reason for him to ever do anything in 60 seconds throughout the entire movie until he tries to double cross uh, John Travolta. Right. So it's, it's all coincidence that the 60 seconds thing comes up. It would have made more sense for the main hack to require him to finish mm. something in under 60 seconds. So, you know, I, I just thought it was kind of whack, but then, you know, this is the director from Ghana 60 seconds. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, carry over. Yeah, I, I think they just carried over. Um, one of my one of my main trashes from a from a storytelling perspective, I wish they showed up how Hugh Jackman and Don Cheadle ended up at the coffee shop at the beginning. Because what happens is is like Hugh Jackman pulls the power, the generator comes back on and he runs to his ex-wife's house, finds out that his uh, daughter's missing, right? Then he pulls out, I think, Don Cheadle's business card that he gave him when they rolled down the hill. Yeah. And then we cut to the explosion. And I'm like, show me, get there? show yeah. me how Hugh Jackman, John Travolta, and Don Cheadle ended up at the coffee shop. I want to know how, because you don't just start a movie off with that, the hook with like a cold open and not show how we got there. You know, like I want to know how we got there. Like I feel like there's something there that needs to be said because like, what is Hugh Jackman's connection with Don Cheadle? Clearly you had the card at the beginning when they met in, uh -huh. in uh, LA. 
after they fell down the hill and then he looks at his card does he call him do they set something up in the meantime on his way back like what what is the whole situation here did they ever team up at one point because they seem on each other's side by the end of the movie so i'm just like there is there is something important missing in this yeah. movie that we do not address and and i feel like that's one of the the failings of this movie uh by the end of the movie we just let stanley go and it's kind of like no you, you kind of don't just let him go like the people he chose to be involved in you know while he's under essentially house arrest or whatever they killed civilians yeah. they killed civilians property damage they killed uh government officials uh federal agents you know police etc so i'm like you can't just say like all right man thanks for identifying this body go chill with your daughter like shit doesn't work out like that so i don't understand what his relationship yeah. is like maybe you should have had him work with the fbi mm. or, or something like and he's like reluctant to go undercover with travolta or something like that that would have worked too um, also, you know, worst helicopter pilot ever who hired this guy. Um, he sucks. Oh, I'm God damn it. Yeah, like, like nothing about, like, oh, what they say is like, there's winds or low visibility. <laughs> and it's just like, nah, we're just making excuses. Um, I feel bad for the two civilians that got blown up. That was pretty fucked yeah. up. Yeah. But hey, bad guys got to do shit. Um, but speaking <laughs> of bad guys, there's no, there's no true villain in this movie. Because you're led to believe the entire movie, and you brought this up how... Yeah this movie got rewritten or something like yeah. that like you're led to believe this entire movie that john travolta is like this terrorist he follows all the terrorist tropes he lives this like luxurious lifestyle he's hanging out with all these porn stars having gratuitous sex and etc and like he's got all these like mercenaries working around yeah. him like vinnie jones's character but then you find out he's like a, a black ops government agent right for an organization that is sanctioned by the u.s government that for some reason has to steal from the u.s government like Every, every movie that I've seen that has a black ops organization is fully funded by the U.S. government. Why would a government-sanctioned black ops organization need to steal money from the U.S. in order to operate? That doesn't make any sense. Like Jason Bourne, all these other movies, yeah. like, like they're funded. Like even Gemini Man got that shit right. <laughs> that movie sucks. <laughs> but so, so I just, I just kind of feel like, like you said, Muggs, like they rewrote so much of this that they, they felt like they had to switch it up at some point yeah. because at no point up until the senator sends people after him that you feel that you're you're aware that he's working for the US right like you assume that the senator's a traitor but the senator's kind of just doing his job John Travolta's doing his job like everybody here is on the side of the US and the only real bad guy is Stanley who hacked the FBI database and spent two years in jail. So like nobody here is a bad guy in this movie. Right. So like this whole plot kind of doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was kind of weak. Um, my treasure. Um, I did like, like you said, Jay, uh, John Travolta's opening monologue and, uh, and I like how it's super meta. It's not just about movies, it's about this movie where uh, there's deception, there's happy endings. He, he talks about Dog Day Afternoon, which is another heist movie. And he, by the end of it, makes sure that everybody kind of gets a happy ending, except for that senator, but hey. Um, and um, <laughs> I thought it was pretty badass that like he has so much control over the situation at the bank that he literally gets up and you think they're just you know right. having a meeting. Then he gets up and there's like armed Agents. officers, like, yeah, like with guns pointed at him. And he just walks across freely to the bank that he's robbing. And I was like, what a great way to introduce... How powerful he is. Yeah, yeah. like how, how badass he is. I thought that was cool. One thing about that scene, though, is he's like obviously drinking espresso. He lights a cigar. He doesn't have the trigger in his hand. And then they cut to where he gets up, and now it's in his hand. Mm. I thought that was just kind of weird. Like, you must have set it down on the table, on your lap, right. on the ground. And it's like, 
why wouldn't they just take him out almost then right there? I just thought it was weird because I, I was like, no, he has a lighter and a cigar. He's not holding on to anything else. Yeah. I just thought that part was weird. It would have made sense if he had like a... Uh, Assistant right there or something. Huh? Or or like a um, like a monitor. Like if his heartbeat stops, all the explosions go off. And maybe that's why they can't shoot him or yeah. something like that. Something out of 007. Like uh-huh. that would have like worked maybe. And then, uh, you know, uh, Halle Berry, of course. Uh, and then... Um, <laughs> but I, I did think the action in this movie was uh, was well choreographed. I did like the car chase in L.A. It mm-hmm. came out of nowhere, but I, I enjoyed it. And then also like the last chase through like over the city with the bus. I thought that was cool. It was a nice twist, you know, to show that this guy's in control of his shit. Yeah. So I appreciated that. And then, um, yeah, just one last thing. Um, I was really disappointed by like there's no actual swordfish in the movie. Like I thought there'd be like a fish. They do say the name, though. They just they <laughs> yeah. say it. Yeah, they do say it. But uh, yeah, that's my trash and treasure. Uh, Patrick, what's your trash and treasure? I think my, uh, my trash would definitely just be the grain of the film. I, I just hated it. I hated that. Like you said, it's, it's all yellow. And, and I said, what are you trying to do here? That's not what L.A. looks like, man. <laughs> L.A. is a little brighter than that. You know, I, I, I just, I, I couldn't really get into that. I don't know. It gives you this queasy feeling when you're watching the movie that, you know, why? Why are you going to choose this grain? It just looks dirty, huh? It's I, just, I, I hate it. I like it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, all right. I mean, <laughs> you know, teach his own, man, I guess, you know, but I just couldn't, I couldn't do it for that. And, you know, secondly, the, another trash would just be, you could tell that the, the fashion is, just, you know, that's it's that late nineties with a little girl, Holly. You got the sunglasses, you got the Nokia phone, you got this, this puffy jacket. And it's like, what do you do? Who, who, what girl dresses like this? What little girl dresses like this? But Patrick, you don't remember us dressing like that in middle school? I just, I, hate, I hated to see it, man. I, you know, it was a constant reminder of our life, man. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I, that's, that's another thing. For whatever reason, I, I don't really like little girl, little, little kid actors. They always kind of like take the movie away. Like you're supposed to feel sorry for him, for this little girl. And then the second she says something, it's like, ah, this, this, is, this is forced. She's not really... You know, like I can't really ever believe a little kid actor. You know, I mean, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure I'm not thinking about them right now. But there, there are great actors as, as children. But like that one just seemed, I just didn't like it. Because then at the end, when she's a hostage, she just so happens to have that little uh, stuffed animal that he gave her, and you know, it's just, it's too convenient for me. And I just didn't like that little girl actor. She did not have a good career. But I mean, she's like a bunch of soap operas, and that's about it. I mean, it sucks for me to say, man. But I mean, if we're, we're going to talk about trash, that's definitely you know for me that's trash. But um, to get to um, uh, treasure, I would say, I actually like the the end conversation that uh, that Gabriel had with uh, with Stanley on the on the bus towards the end. Where he, well, I mean, the whole point is, would you kill a little girl to save millions of lives? Like that is a pretty good question to ask. You know what I mean? Because no one could really ever, no one could really do that because I don't think anybody has the has that in them to to pull the trigger to a you know. I know it was it maybe was like written late for the film, like you said, like yeah. the home was a rewrites for the film, but. I think it was worth the wait, you know, to finally see like, oh shit, like, you know, this guy is a patriotic terrorist kind of a thing. You know, that's pretty cool. Like, that's what he's doing. I don't know. That that scene right there, I think, kind of sums up the movie, like, pretty well. You got anything else? No, I mean, honestly, man, like, I'd just be rehashing everything, you you know, you guys pretty much said, but... Like I said, those those for me kind of stick out. This the fashion, the the grain of the film, but the last conversation that you Gabriel has. Yeah. You don't think Halle Berry's boobies stick out? Again, I'd be saying what everybody else has already said, man. You know. You can say, you can say it again, man. I think well, it's I mean, worth saying again. Uh, yes, yes, nice boobs, man. I'm not gonna be the guy to deny it. You don't be so vulgar about it, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like if you make if you were to make that movie today, like I think it was the whole I don't know, you know, not to get too. Um, political about it but I mean I think 
it wouldn't be too looked down upon if he made that scene today. Because, like, oh, she's so empowering. She's so like, oh, wow, look, she's just showing her tits whenever she wants. It's cool. But I could understand, like, at the time, she was, like, one of the first actresses to do that. You know what I mean? Like, to kind of just let herself, you know, she's showing millions of people her, her tits, man. Like, that's a tough decision. I think there's a difference between a nude scene and that. And that. Yeah. Like, a nude scene is, like, our character is naked in this scene, but is it required? With that, it's literally like she's sunbathing, she pops her tits out, has a conversation, and puts them away, and and you know it's there just for that. Like I mean, there's there's I no mean, other reason for that. Should literally to exist. take beads and throw it at her like they do at the river. You know, they flash. <laughs> That's literally what it is. No, yeah, I think I I don't I don't agree that that scene would would fly today because like there is literally no narrative reason whatsoever for it to happen. I think from a writing perspective, it's it's literally just forced in there. And when you compound that with all the other gratuitous shit that happens in this movie especially given the time, like, let's be real, like, 2001, scary movie, not another team movie, yeah. American Pie, like, all these, like, we're at a point in American history, at least, where everything is, like, oversexed to the maximum, yeah. and everything is gratuitous to the maximum, and I think this movie is, this movie falls into that category, yeah. and I think, um, I don't think that would fly today based on what they're trying to achieve with this particular character. I don't know, man. She, I mean, she played it pretty well. She played it pretty confident. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it didn't seem like it bothered her. Maybe, you know, personally, you know, as an actress, it maybe did bother her yeah. to do that. But on screen, like, she really did it like, oh, shit, this is Ginger. Yeah. This is who she is. And that's you cool. Know, she even yeah. says herself, like, I'm I'm not who you think I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's a pretty confident chick. She'll kiss Gabriel, and then the next second, she's kissing uh, uh, Stanley. And, yeah. You know, and it's like, who the hell is well, this chick? My, you know? my thing is, if, if, if we're, and to piggyback what Kerwin is saying, if you want a way to show how she is powerful, she does that in a later scene when she says, are you surprised a girl with the IQ of, I forget what number she 70. is, can get you a hard on. I think that alone right there shows what they were trying to do just in that scene. I purposely think they put that scene in just to have her name. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, to me, yeah, you're right. It has no narrative at all, you know? Right. Like, I mean, I the, fact, know. the fact that that scene was the selling point for this movie like should tell you everything about why it's included. Yeah. I don't like, know, man. I mean, like for a lot of people, I mean, I think my, like, you know, going back to my dad, you know, why he wanted to watch the movie, he didn't know anything about the Oh, no, no, I'm not saying, you know I mean? I'm not saying for like people that wanted to go see it, but I'm saying like to use that as a marketing tool. Did they use it as a marketing tool? I mean, it tool? wasn't, I mean, I think it wasn't it was on word a commercial. They used yeah, it wasn't it, on a commercial, right. but it was well known yeah. financially. She, she was topless and I she got extra money the, just the, to do that. And yeah. yeah. Right. The sales point was, you know, oh shit, we got a flying bus on a helicopter. That's fucking dope. You know what I mean? I like, oh, we got. I mean, when I was we 18, we got, we got very topless dude. Yeah, but that was, again, that was yeah. that was secondhand information, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That wasn't like, hey, dude, watch this movie. We got a bus. Guess what? Halle Berry's titties. Yeah. I think it's just the era where it's just like everything is so oversexed in like what the late 90s to maybe like 2004 or 5. Everything is just so fucking like America's just horny at this time for right. whatever reason. And like, Everything it, at, at once in this movie, you're just at, at a certain point. You're just kind of like rolling your eyes, like, okay, we, we fucking get it, like, like fucking, like, oh, we got the the topless chicks jumping in the pool. We got the blowjob interrogation. We got her standing with her legs spread. We got yeah. her when she's uh, you know, hitting the golf ball. She's got the yeah, upskirt. She pretty, you know, that's like what sexualized like three times. In yeah, this film. And, and it's just like you know, we get it. She's she's fucking hot. Like, there's a difference between something that's very very gratuitous. And there's better ways of writing what it is they hope to convey. That's pretty much the gist of what I'm getting at. Yeah. In in today's world, yeah. You know what I mean? Like with the whole narrative that's going on today, yeah. like it's not that big of a deal. It, it's it's more. I would think that it's more 
uh, accepted today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For her, to, for for a, uh, an actress to do that shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, she, she's gonna do this and that. Yeah, because I think today it wouldn't be done in a gratuitous manner because you have better writers inputting that into a scene. Just the scene where she she's like in the her underwear and they show the wire. The like, wire. if they would have done that scene differently, and maybe she would have exposed herself, and he sees the wire maybe then you could like at least say, hey, that's right. why she's showing because right. she's stripping down. He sees the wire. Then he walks in the room. like, what the hell is that? Because she has a, even a book up or a magazine, whatever yeah. she's reading before. Yeah. And she clearly puts that down. to yeah. show. So like, I just keep that. Hey, she's topless. Fine. But yeah. she can. I don't know. But I think no. a, a girl who does that, like, let's say, you know, well, at that point, um, uh, Stanley was coming up to her, coming yeah. up to him, right? I think she was just really just trying to fuck with him, you know? Like, yeah, there is that. Like, there there's is that she's trying to yeah. see, like, is this full of little pussy? Like, can he really handle me topless right yeah. here? Like, who, what kind of guy? Like, it's kind of another test yeah. for Stanley to see how, how he is. Yeah. And he fails because he's, like, all kind of, like, yeah, nervous like, at the moment. Yeah, he even you know puts his saying? hands in his pockets to hide right. his boner. And he walks away. Yeah. He, he uh, you know, he, he stumbles on, a, on some furniture. Yeah. So I think that there is a reason, but I also do see how you guys are, like, how, how it can be seen as, gratuitous it's like it's forced and i agree with everything you're saying like she's got to show like she's a powerful person you know in the presence of stanley and that's one way to do it i think the problem is is that you treat her like every other uh woman that's objectified in this movie prior to that like with the whole golf scene going to his house all that other stuff i think because you do that with her and then you add this to it it makes it it makes it feel like it's just there for no reason. Yeah, but it's Hollywood, man. That's why no, you get I these think. hot. That's why you get these hot actresses in in, in these movies. Yeah, and man. I think because it's like you got to sell that element to 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 your audience. You but know, then, there's a sexy woman in here, like watch the movie because she's in it too. But then Halle Berry, that's where the we chick that's out. when we get into the gratuitousness of it. Then that's when that comes into play. No, but see, I'm 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 making more of the argument that it's tasteful in that you know that it's forced. You know yeah. what I mean? But like again, you could see it both ways yeah, that yeah. it's forced and it's gratuitous yeah I'm you know I'm gonna say more like this kind of you know cements her character mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. you know she's again she's trying to fuck with this guy yeah I'm gonna sunbathe wherever the fuck I want to sunbathe you know what I mean like this is you know my house or Gabriel's or whoever's house it is like I was here for like this is who I am like yeah. you're not gonna change you're in my you're in my arena exactly yeah, yeah. And, and like I said that's before that's the character I think she's trying to portray yeah. or at least the, the writing you know as good as it was or whatever is trying to portray yeah i i do have a problem because she's like removed essentially from the movie after this basically once once we get to the wire scene she's like removed yeah, from the movie yeah, no, which okay. sucks because yeah. it's just like she's so powerful yeah, this, and then once we see the wire she just becomes a hostage which of course is all deception you know that that could be a meta thing with the audience too so i do agree she's she is uh missing you know yeah. like it's like okay like we just we got everything the whole at, hour got, with her and she's right, gone. We got everything we had and we needed from her and now it's, okay, where's, where's Halle Berry now? Oh, she's hanging. All right, sorry, Mugs. Uh, what's oh, your, I still got to go. Yeah, what's your trash and treasure? Um, I'll, I'll go fast because you've covered a lot. The, the color tones, don't like that. Travolta style, all that stuff. The chasing at the beach, you know, running down. I don't know why you guys like that because one, the way it starts off, he elbows the guy, right? right. And then... Clearly, he came from the car where the door was open or an agent gets out and he drives and messes up Halle Berry's car from that scene just to close the door. Like he wasn't blocking anyone in or whatnot. I don't know why they did that, you know. Um, And then he runs down the chase scene, which I really don't understand the point of it, which I'll get to. But at the very end, the guy that just got elbowed has the somehow capability of driving that car and beating him basically right down because he doesn't he run into the car when he hits the bottom yeah. how in the hell does that happen there's no way like unless he took a teleport you know but okay 
But nothing happened after that. He says, why are you running? And then like, there's no arrest, nothing. Right. And he doesn't even go up to get Halle Berry's car. He just starts walking on the beach down the other way. Like, I at least get my I, hit back. I, I broke my nose, man. Scene. One thing I want to bring up, one of the whole arcs is him wanting to be with his daughter, right? And she can't be with him because of his criminal record. But at what point, what judge says, yeah, you can't be with this guy, but you can live in a porn king like house? Like, that's safe for the kid to be around when obviously the mother is drinking up, uh, waking up drinking vodka? Like, to me, like, she, I don't know. I mean, don't you guys see any problem with that? Like, let me get this straight. This is a healthy environment than right, his house? Right, right, you know, right, like, right. Well, I mean, he went to jail, so he couldn't take care of the girl. But no, like, when he's out, though, now, like, he still can. I, I don't know. I, I get it, you know, but money. It's money, man. Yeah, yeah I money. think it's definitely um, money. And then I don't understand why his ex-wife or whoever she is to him and, and her husband, why they had to die. Like, why do they have to kill them? Like, you know, why couldn't they just kidnap the daughter and then use her as, I, I don't know. Like, you just, you never see the porn king guy until he's on the floor dead, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, you know, whatever. Why does it have to be porn? Huh? Like, why does yeah, it well, I don't even know that arc either. Like, what's the point of that? Can't she you just know? be like a drunk or something? Like, yeah. why should it be a... Or just a rich guy. Like, just yeah. a rich guy. He's her father, you know? Guys, it's it. 2001 yeah. and we're obsessed with sex. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then the last thing of my trash, Hugh Jackman's golf swing is trash. And no point ever does anyone hit golf balls with a towel on. I, that's just, no. So, I, yeah, he's not good. He's not good at all. <laughs> but getting into my treasures, um, I was going to put at the beginning, uh, Explosion was a trash of mine. But after I researched it and what they had to do of all the layers that they put together, I kind of like it. I think that's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, you already talked about it, the opening scene. I, I think when Travolta says, move, I'm not going to ask again. You really see his character. Um, I do like how they Tarantino it, but... Um, the acting in general, and I love Cheeto. I, I think the way he kicks out that lawyer is amazing, dude. Like, how much do you weigh? We'll call you, and he just kicks him out, dude. I <laughs> yeah. thought that was great. Um, Travolta's house is badass, um, and I do like the ending they chose, and again, I'm gonna say Halle Berry. <laughs> so, but yeah, those, those, that's my treasure. All right, let's find out how much we would pay to watch Swordfish. Jason, how much would you pay to watch this movie? Yeah, you gotta start with me, huh? Jesus. Uh, I'm hovering between a five and 10. If you would have asked me, like, when I saw this, I probably would have said a solid 10. But rewatching it now, I think I'm going to go five. Okay. I think there's some cool action parts. I can't get over John Travolta's look. Like, when you talk about, like, The Matrix, <laughs> like, what do you, what, what's the one scene you remember? Well, I always remember the scene with Morpheus and the helicopter coming out and them running. And then the scene right before that, we're in the, they're in the floor of that, that building and all the shooting. This film, like, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Halle Berry. Every yeah. time. I mean, let's just be honest. The bus and Halle Berry, yeah. yeah. The bus and Halle Berry. So, um, I think, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with a five. Okay. Right. Solid five, though. I, surprisingly, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I would. Like, the action's really well done, but the plot makes no fucking sense. <laughs> like, 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 like if, they, if they made John Travolta a terrorist, the plot would make sense. Or if they made Hugh Jackman an FBI agent, the plot would make sense. But like, they can't even decide what they want their characters to be, and the plot makes no fucking sense in the second half. So I'm gonna go high five. Uh, Patrick, how much are you paying to watch this movie? I'll pay seven bucks. Seven bucks to watch this movie. Can't, you gotta do five or 10. Five or 10. That's what makes it hard. I Either one through 20. No, yeah, zero through 20, but five, 10, 15, 20. Or zero. So you can or say zero. like a high five or a low 10. All right, I guess I'm gonna go with high five also, man. Okay. Halle Berry is, is very beautiful. Very beautiful in this film. <laughs> yeah, portrayed very, you know, very with strength and, and beauty and, and everything you look for in a, in a female protagonist. I like it. She got those solid color suits, though. 
<laughs> well, green. It's like all maroon, green, all red, red, all maroon. She's Power Ranger. She might be. No, no she Ranger she is. All right, Mugga, how much are you paying to watch this movie? Now, I, again, I'm also between five and ten, and I couldn't. I, I got to go to like Bling's Pillars to like help me out because would I watch this movie again? And I would say yes. I think I would put it on. Um, and I, it's a different than like making fun of a movie. I, I would put this on to enjoy it. I think there's things that I do enjoy about it. Yes, I, you do think of Halle Berry, which is probably why I initially saw it. Um, but I don't look at it that way now. I like the opening scene, some other things. So I, I think I'm going to give it a low, but I'm going to give it a low 10. Okay. I, I just look at movies that I've given five, and I think this is clearly better than that. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's tough. It's yeah, tough. it is tough, though. I was, I was right in between it. I honestly think that if I don't do any research, I give it a five. But the more I researched it, the things that I they, they had to do to make this movie with the bus and all that, it led me more to the 10, too. I think that helped. Yeah, but but saying that, that means we are giving this a $6.25 rating. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. It's not bad. That's, yeah. that's, that's fair. This is the fun part, Patrick, because this is your first time. Here we go. So if Tom Cruise was in this movie, <laughs> what character would he be? Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> He's half a million dollars to have him shirtless. Or, or he's Helga. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> really change things up, huh? I, I, I don't want to like go before you guys or cut you off, but I don't think you can take Travolta out. And I don't know if you could take Hugh Jackman, though, either, but I think that he could play that character. But I don't know if you could take Travolta out. I would, I would probably do Travolta before I so? do uh, Hugh Jackman, yeah. Just because I could see... Him Tom being Gr- that guy. That serious role. Yeah, I Landing think. strip on his chin. I, I think oh, they would change his look okay, a little okay. bit. I think they would. I would think he would demand that. I yeah. hope he would. Um, but yeah, I, I think before Hugh Jackman, I would change out Travolta with uh, Cruz. Mm. I could see. I wouldn't want to take out Don Cheadle's character. No, no, no. Nah, maybe, maybe make Tom Cruise the first hacker. Maybe yeah. the guy that gets killed in prison <laughs> or at jail. Maybe I don't know. What about you, Pat? I think you could go with. Uh, you take Hugh Jackman out. I think okay. you could put you know Tom Cruise in the Hugh Jackman role. I think he could uh, pretend to uh, hack a little better than Hugh Jackman. You could um, just see him like staring at the blank screens right? and getting out of his chair and twirling around and all that shit, right? too. Right. The chase know. scene would have been better because then you see Tom Cruise running. And he, run, he can run true. better. He can run yeah, better than anyone. Also, we talk about this movie being like a ripoff of The Matrix. Yeah. The whole hacking thing is in there because of The Matrix. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all in there. Like every Everything about this movie screams... Matrix. Matrix. Like computers, hacking, bullets, Instead slow of motion. Green, let's go with yellow. Yeah, it's all it's all oversaturated colors and shit. Like even when they show like the cities of where they're at and it comes on the screen, like it has a matrix feel too. It's yeah. just like, oh my god, come on, this is overkill now. Yeah. <laughs> just call it Hugh Jackman's character Neo or something. I don't know. I was thinking that too. I was like, <laughs> you could easily replace Hugh Jackman with Keanu Reeves in this movie. Yeah, and it would deal. it would be the same. Yeah. And you put hey, Will Smith, bus, man. And you put Will Smith back in the matrix <laughs> and, and they're good, man. Sandra Bullock's on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, anybody got anything else they want to say? Sit. All right. Patrick, thanks for coming on. Hey, man. Sure, man. Thanks We're for having me back guys. on again for uh, I Know What You Did Last Winter. <laughs> we have to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look up the trailer right now, too. <laughs> we got to do that. All right. So, uh, in the words of Tom Cruise, fuck you, Sally. Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20ticket at gmail.com. That's two zero, the numbers, $20ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, and thank you for listening.